Welcome to Ball is White. My name is Andrea Hurley, wife of Dan Hurley, UConn men's basketball coach. And hi, my name is Nicole Kellogg. I am wife of Derek Kellogg, head coach at LIU Brooklyn Basketball. And we are here to talk about anything and everything, all sports, everything except X's and O's. Yes, we are. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about, we're going to give you a little intro of who we are and how we got here. Right, Nicole? Yes. Because you know what, like everybody knows who our husbands are, whatever, and you might, you know, know their story, but you don't know how we got here. And you might've heard it before. So fast forward, but we just wanted to get it out there, put it out there for us to just keep building up our little, you know, who we are. So, yes, we're going to, um, give a little background today about ourselves, um, where we started on this college basketball journey all the way up to present. Um, all the places we've been and, you know, building upon all the reasons that we came up with this bright idea to do this podcast um, with, you know, the common goal is to help support other coaches' wives. Like we really want to build a sorority, a team, a family. We think we're all in this together. So, you know, that's where we're at. So um, I'll just start, I will give my background. I grew up in New York. I um, came from a sports oriented family, all sports, um, football, baseball, um, least of all college basketball. I will say my family didn't watch a ton of college basketball. Um, Yeah. And then I went to UMass and I had the privilege of being a student at UMass during the Calipari era. So I was a student from 1991 to 1995. They were the absolute best days at UMass basketball wise. And I became nonetheless a gigantic basketball fan during that time. Um, And then in which case I met Derek. So um, he was a player starting point guard. Andrea knows she has the same story. And it kind of started from there. I I, I fell in love with college basketball at UMass for sure. I was a fan. I was a student fan. I did all the things. I waited online for tickets at midnight. (laughs) Um, I got to witness the final rage in the cage at UMass, which was incredible. Um, If you're a UMass fan, you know all about these things. I watched Marcus Camby play. And just, you know, had had the pleasure of both. I dated Derek and I also was able to share that with all my friends at UMass and be like a crazy fan. So from there, we moved on. Derek knew um, for sure. He kind of knew he wasn't going to play in the NBA and that was that was okay. So he directed it towards coaching um, and he actually started his first coaching career as a mic person, uh, a radio analyst at UMass and then quickly went to George Mason the next year with Coach Laranega. And I do remember um, at that point feeling like Derek was so certain about his career and moving on and becoming a coach that that is when I realized how much hard work and dedication was going to go into coaching. And I actually did not follow him to George Mason. We kind of traveled back and forth. I was living in Boston at the time. 
Um, he did really well there. They loved it. He loved it there. He loved working for coach Laranega, but was ready to move on. Next step, went to Youngstown, Ohio. Um, I went to visit. He actually worked for coach Robick, John Robick, who um, hopefully in future episodes, we'll be able to have his wife, Heidi, on as one of our guests, very dear friend of mine. Um, he had the pleasure of working for him for a year at Youngstown. I will say not the most desirable place to live and nope. (laughs) And that's where I realized, wow, this profession is not going to be easy. This is not going to be an easy road, um, to be married, have children, all of those things, very difficult place to live. Um, I went to church every day and just, you know, prayed for, (laughs) prayed for guidance. I didn't, I didn't know where I was and we were young at the time. And then from there, Derek, again, was offered an amazing opportunity to um, return to work with coach Calipari. And he went to Memphis for eight years and um, just had an amazing experience. Lots of luck, lots of good fortune. And again, I didn't live with him full time in the beginning. Um, I did a lot of traveling back and forth because as you know, Andrea, and we'll talk about this, like that was part of the difficulty of this profession was balancing your own life versus completely diving in and supporting your husband and his career and all that goes with it. You know, I still wasn't quite there yet, Mm -mm. you know, to be 100% fully, you know, emerged. Um, But we had much success. Uh, We were married. I got pregnant while we were in Memphis. And then Derek got the UMass job and it was absolutely his dream job. We had always talked about going back to UMass, our alma mater, so many friends, Derek's family is from the area. It was dream come true, totally dream come true for us. So we returned back to Massachusetts and as a head coach's wife, that's where I realized these ups and downs, these stories we were talking about, our relationship, that's where you and I met. And, you know, that's where, you know, this becomes really, really relative, this podcast to, to really like, let you know, you realize like, wow, we finally got the big job. We finally got the head job. Wow. This is amazing. And then it's like, you know, (laughs) all all the, the crap that goes along with it. And, you know, just to be clear, like you and I talk about this, this profession is amazing. The perks are outstanding at times, the travel. And we talk a lot about fans in this podcast and a lot of negative encounters, but I have to say there are positive fans. There are amazing fans, super fans. So we should talk about them too. They're the ones that make the whole mad. They bring magic. They also bring aggravation but they for the most part when you win they bring they bring magic they're the reasons why you get goosebumps when you walk into a place right yeah yep so just to wrap it up I so we we spent nine years at UMass it was the best years of our career and then you know unfortunately it ended you know not in our favor or how we would have preferred it to end but I won't take away any of those experiences um it is what it is my main inspiration for this podcast and meeting you is what we went through at UMass because it was the highest and the lowest of what 
families and spouses will go through, I, I believe in a, a typical basketball life. Um, but just to wrap up, we, we ended back on our feet. Derek got a job right away at LIU Brooklyn. We're so grateful for the university and giving us another opportunity and have already achieved some success. And we're really happy here. We're really happy living in New York with our son. And I, you know, you and I want to continue talking about all these things. I think we're a great duo and yeah, I'm, I'm just ready to keep going and sharing and helping. Exactly. Especially in this profession, I like to say man plans, God laughs, you know, it's like you, you could say where you want to go, what you want to do, but that's not up to you. It's like, you know, you, you're, you're, I, my mom always to say your, you know, your, your, your journey was already made for you and you just live it and you just hope, you know, it's just what a blessed life we have, even to be in a, like in the public job where like it's not just you know he's not just it's not like a plumber he's not like a lawyer you know he comes home he puts things away it's like we this is our like we are we've got thrown into this like whether we like it or not it's like we live and die by each game and you're only as good as your last game and it's so not cool. it's it's your his job is our life it's not yeah. something that just pays the bills it's it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for a lot of people, you know, a lot for a lot of people. And that's why we want to talk about this too. Like we keep saying it, it's like, you know, yes, it's for fans. I know fans want to listen to this to, you know, to hear other coaches and wives and, you know, whoever else we bring on, but it's also to help other coaches, wives. Yes. You know, there's going to be times that you're going to, you're going to say to yourself, frig this shit, you know, like I like, Oh yeah. Like I've, I've thrown in the geez, tower a few times. Oh, like, see. I'm just going to tune it all out. Like it doesn't even exist. I mean, which is the easy thing to do. But it's, if you literally, if you sit there with yourself and say, like, if you don't jump into it with him and I could be the big, like you were a sports fan. I am not like, you know, season starting, this is not, I don't love this feeling. Like my furnace is turned off. I, I can cry on, I can cry right now. Like I can cry on command. I don't like it. I don't love to be the competitiveness. I, it's not yeah. natural to me. Yeah. It makes me very nervous. I yes. don't love it. Um, so it's hard for me to get through a season. And I think it's always been hard for me to go through this and to know that every game is like, you know, is your fate. It's like, you know, and it's public. So on top of you dying over how well your team's going to do, you also have, you know, so many outsiders, you know, chiming in and, you know, adding to that. <laughs> you can. Yeah. You can oh, yeah. Yourself, I know. You know, I know. Very I, easily. You can. I know. So, and it's like you want everybody to root for you, but then you're like, oh, my God, calm down. Like, I can't handle all this. Are only you- when it's good. Like, only. Yeah. We, want, we want, yeah. When we're good. Like, you know, if we lose, like, please shut up. Like they did their best. Shut up. Go away. Like we'll do better next time. You know, it's like, leave us alone. Like, yeah. but it's just, it's just, I'm a nervous person by nature. And, you know, I, I don't try to show it as, you know, as much. So, you know, you kind of self-destruct a little bit and then you get resentful and, you know, but the more, I mean, this is 25 years. So you have to learn to jump into it. It's, it's what they're doing. What do you think this is easy? You know, it's like they're working their ass off. They're trying to create a life for, you know, they're trying to do something for themselves. And you know what, like you're either going to be a cheerleader or get the hell out. You know, it's like, you're not, you can't, you can't, there's no in between. So I learned that the hard, you know, not, I'm not going to say I learned it the hard way, but I learned it like, you know, 
he wasn't, you know, he's very driven and it was kind of like, I'm doing something and that something is trying to get to his dreams and, you know, which, and it was either like, are you in or you out kind of thing. And, you know, you say to yourself, okay, like, so, I mean, we started our journey. I was a freshman at Seton Hall and he was um, a senior and he took that year off. So he was even older. And it's so funny because I loved saying this. It's my dad, um, my, my parents, both parents grew up in Jersey city. So of course they know St. Anthony's, you know, Hurley's. Um, and my dad every year we wouldn't, I mean, he wasn't a big basketball fan, but he would take me to the CBA St. Anthony's game, my brother and I, and, um, it was always, you know, it was wherever it was like CBA and we'd always go to delicious orchards, which is like our favorite, you know, it's like this little orchard place. And so, you know, I, I knew that's what we had to do. And during the game, I bored as it, it, the game seemed like it was four hours, you know, when you're just not interested, especially I was in seventh, eighth grade, sixth, seventh, whatever. But it's so crazy to me that like, I, like I was actually at a game where my future husband would be at, you know, it's like I, my dad dragged me to these games and I, I, I wasn't watching, but like, I, you know, I would, I, I always tell everybody I used to do the string bracelets, you know, those, you know, remember yeah. the strings and I used to, yeah. I feel like you were making them the first time I met you at Rhode Island. I think you were sitting at the table with your mom <laughs> making the bracelet. <laughs> I was not. You idiot. I was I not could be making this up. I could be totally making this You're up. You're freaking making it up. You were doing a craft or something. It was like, oh, you know what it was? It was suits and sneakers. We were doing the buttons. Yes. Was. I wasn't making string bracelets. What the frick? <laughs> it was a craft. It was definitely, you were doing something. You were busy. That's all I know. I'll do any, I'd be mitten like during the yeah, game. No, no, were, no. If I could, I would. Really- Oh my I'm like, God. Wow, she's good. I can't do You're that. You're so funny. No, that was suits and sneakers with our buttons, which we're going to be doing again this year. But anyway, um, okay. So then, so I used to go to those games, not knowing like in the future now, okay. I applied to um, a bunch of schools. I wasn't the brightest bulb, but you know, I wanted to go into fashion. I'll be the first to admit it. It's not that learning doesn't come easy to me. I'm more common sense, smart. There you go. You yeah. know, one or the other, you can't get both. Um, so I um, applied to FIT, which I got into, wanted to be a fashion designer in the worst way. Um, And my dad said to me, more or less, this is embarrassing, but like, um, you're not street smart enough for the city. Like as of right now, you're not, you know, I don't want to put you in Manhattan. I just, I'm not comfortable with it. He's like, so I also got into Seton Hall. Um, which is another story, which but anyway. I think you have to be pretty book smart to get into Seton Hall. Okay. Well, there's, right? there's like, it's a there's great a, academic school. school. That, yeah, it is. But okay, whatever. Go <laughs> away. Go away. I got in. And, um, and I, um, my dad said to me and my mom said to me, like, why don't you get, and I, I was so like naive and, you know, co- what is college and, you know, get, I want your core under your belt. I think you should go to Seton Hall for a year. And if you feel, you know, once you get your core, um, under your belt, then I, then you can go transfer to FIT. So, you know, how it is a little way. I was, my parents put me in a bubble. Uh, my mom would be the first to admit it. Uh, I didn't even, you know, we weren't even allowed to watch the news really growing up. Like we, you know, it was just how it was. Like, I, I didn't know any bad things happened in the world. Like, you know, New York was just New York, like, you know, yeah. greatest city yeah. in the universe. So I was like, so excited to go. And they were like, no. So they sent me to Seton Hall and, um, I wasn't happy about it. And it was just around Christmas time. Um, I just, I wanted to leave. Like I just said, I'm done. So that was before I met, like, 
you know, it's always right before your freshman year of college where you meet your core friends, you know, like, like, yeah, right. And, and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to stay. Um, you know, I, I really like it. I'll, I'll transfer to FIT my sophomore year, you know, like I'll, I'll start my journey there then after my first year. And then, um, my good friend, Emily Griffiths, uh, who I became really, she was a swimmer. She was dating John Yablonski, who was on the um, Seton Hall team. And she would say, Andrea, please, I hate being the only freshman. Can't you please come with me? Um, I'll hook you up with Danny Hurley. And I'm like, ew, no, like, no, I don't. Exactly. I don't is, he, is, he, is he a player? Like, what is he? Yeah. Like, yeah. And she I just, said the yeah. same thing before I met Derek. I was like, I will not date a basketball player. No, oh. thank you. Like I no didn't way. even know the difference. Like I was like, my, and my dad, like rest his little soul is like, he, he's like, I'm going to get you basketball. Um, like I'm going to get you tickets, season tickets for the basketball games at Seton hall. So you can go watch Danny Hurley play. I was like, like what he's like remember you know his, his dad and I'm like what whatever and I was just so annoyed that I wasn't able to start my career you know my life at FIT that I was just like like no I used to hang the tickets up on my little magnet board outside my door to say and I used to say like take you know like I never I, I went I did go to a few basketball games um and the craziest thing, which I still have the ticket because I'm a hoarder, um, is my dad, my parents came up for order. <laughs> I am. Um, my, my parents came up for the senior game um, at the end of the year. And it was at um, where they play. It used to be Continental Arena. Um, so I gave my, my dad and my brother, my season tickets down, like with the student section and my mom and I sat, you know, like set up and it was Danny's senior night game, which was bizarre. And I, I kept the ticket for whatever reason, but it was, they were playing UConn. So that just like, kind of is a little crazy to me, you know, that I still, and yeah, when I came across it not that long ago, I'm like UConn, like Seton Hall, UConn senior night, you know? That's, so that was crazy. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. So anyway, um, that was what, what is that? What's the end of the season? Whatever, whatever month that is. And then, um, my friend, Emily still was pushing it, pushing it. And she kept telling, you know, Danny who I was, and you have to meet my friend. And we went to this bar called the hall, which is not there anymore, but, um, we went to the hall and she's behind me going like this, like to me, but Danny was sitting on the corner and, um, I was like, what are you freaking doing? Like, how, that's so embarrassing, you know? So he brought, I said, now I have to go say hello. So I went over there. And from that second, it was like the weirdest thing. It was like, you look at somebody and I swear to God, it's so cheesy, but I'm just like, there was just something about- like I'm going to marry him. It wasn't even that. It was like, it was like, you're my person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in this yeah. weird way. And- it it's funny when I met Derek, I, I didn't get into great detail, but just quickly, I'll add to your story. I met Derek at a party at, also at UMass and his, one of his really good friends was dating my roommate at the time. And, um, I remember him being at the party, but I ran from him. I was like, Oh God, this guy keeps talking to me. Like he's the basketball player. I don't want to deal with it. You know? So we, we later, he, he was persistent and that's how we ended up being together, but it, that's how we actually met in case anybody was actually really wondering <laughs> at a party, like any at a party at that. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's just like, I, and there wasn't, and it wasn't like he was the sweetest soul on earth. It wasn't like he wowed me or anything like that, but it's just like some, it was, I'll never, I can't even explain it. It was just like, you look at somebody and you're just like, 
it was a weird, like just a comfortable feeling. Like, you know, when you, you meet somebody, it's kind of uncomfortable. And I was very shy and it was like something about him. It was just like, yeah, you're like, this is, he's this my is person. Really- and, it, yeah. and I didn't even like, like him at that. Like, oh my God, I have to date him. It was just like, oh, like it was kind of like, ooh, like spacey. And then um, he offered to drive me home, my friends, which was a great thing because it wasn't in the best of areas. And um, he dropped my friends home. And then we ended up going out. He's like, you know, on, we'll go out on, I can't go out Thursday. I think he's going to go out Saturday. This was no, he, it was a Thursday night. We met Friday. He's like, I can't see you tomorrow night. I have a bachelor party, which ended up to be, he got the American um, Irish American award. So he like nice. he lied, he lied about it, oh. um, which I found out later. Cause when I looked at the, at the, 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 date on the award I was like dude this is like the day after we met you said it was a bachelor party it was that's another funny thing but um white lie but anyway so then we met Saturday and I um and then ever since then like we just and it wasn't like okay we boyfriend girlfriend we this we that like it was just we just hung out every day we were just to almost it was almost like a friend thing before it was well, it's almost like your te- that's where you're um you guys became a team almost you know like I, I see that about exactly me and Derek right. too like, and and I think that's indicative of a coach's wife too to our pa- like you got to really be a team with it, your husband in this profession you got to work together thousand percent if yeah. you're not a te- that's what this yeah. whole thing is about like you're yeah. on the same team from the second you sign up you really are you gotta be you have to be and you have to work with each other like yep. it and it's more of a give than a take because they can only give so much but what they do and their lifestyle is what you have to take back as what you're, you know, is a take, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's just like, I got thrown into this. It was kind of like a whirlwind of that. And I just can't, like, I keep saying to you, I can't explain the connection that it, that we had, but, um, I, I met him in March. We were engaged by August. Now I was 19 years old. So, um, and so it was to the point where, Okay. So now we're engaged. Um, and the only reason why we got engaged, let me just re- let me just explain to that is that he was going to go to Europe. Um, he, I, and I knew he didn't want to play anymore because I would stay over in his apartment and he actually, you know, whatever that NBA, I'm so bad with this crap, but whatever the NBA tryout thing was, um, it was the answering machine days. So I'm sleeping at his apartment and. Oh, I think one of them was, cause I think Derek did one of them Portsmouth or something. Yeah. Yeah. And there are people calling him and they're like, Dan, we're at the airport. Where are you, Dan? You know, and they call back and I'm like, are you supposed to be somewhere? And he's just like, no, no, no. I kind of think he mentally checked out. Like I, this is, you know, I don't want to play anymore kind of thing, but then it ended up to be, um, um, it kind of ended up to be like weird, you know, it was just kind of just like, okay, you know, we did what we had to do. Um, and we, he was supposed to go to Europe. So he was going to go play in Europe. So we were at, um, I actually went to a camp with them. Um, he was in, um, he was um, in the Pocono camp and his aunt Kathy was digging for passports as neck because his agent said he was going to go play in Portsmouth. I mean, I'm not paying for playing Spain. So he says, you're coming with me, right? I would go home. I told my parents, um, Hey, you know, like 
can I go with Danny to, you know, when I go to Danny to Europe, like I'm going to go to Europe with Danny and to Spain, it's going to be so much fun. And he, my parents were like, you know, my, especially my mom was like, what are you kidding me? Like, what are we running here? You have school, you have college. Like there's yeah. no way you're going to Europe with Danny. Like you're finishing school. You'll see him when he gets home. You're not, he's, my mom's like, you're not married. And my mom has like a Jersey city accent. You're not married. You're not engaged. Get lost. You're not going. I'm like, all right. Yeah, was, so, yeah. yeah. Like, like, what do you think we're running here? And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I did it. I, I was think? like, shit. Yeah. What I are you thinking? So, um, we ended up getting engaged in August. So I met in March, we were engaged by August. Um, we ended up not going to Europe because, um, we didn't. And he did coach with his dad that year, um, at St. Anthony's high school. And then right before we got married, which was the following year, August of 97, um, he got an opportunity to coach with Kevin Bannon at, um, Rutgers, which literally we were ever so grateful because that opened the door to college basketball. Right. You know, it I was know. like, and he it's amazing how, you know, they, they, people always ask that, like, how did Derek get into it? I said, well, I mean, let's be honest. He played at UMass for Calipari and, you know, right at the right opened time. the door, they yeah, opened like the door. Just, he, yeah. he got in the profession at a good time too. I think where, yes. you know, and they were hungry. Did and Danny know for sure. Like he wanted to be a coach, like out of the gates. Yeah. I, I don't know if he knew for sure. I kind of well, think he dad was, more, was so. Yeah. But I think more, he was wishy-washy about being a player than a, than a coach. Like he, yeah. I knew, I kind of think he was more hesitant on being a player than he was a coach. Like, you know, cause it just didn't seem like he was all in with playing anymore. You know, I just don't think his heart was there. Yeah. Um, but so then, you know, the coaching thing, the door opened. And like I said, we will forever be grateful for that opportunity. And it was right before we got married and he was um, the direct, he was like the video guy. And then he worked um, his way up like very quickly into um, yeah. it. It used to be called, um, I, I love this title is restricted earnings coach. Yeah, so that's what cool. Derek went. When Derek went to George Mason, I remember his first job and yes, Thank you to Coach L and his wife Liz I, for hiring Derek. It's it you know started his entire career, right. And his first job was the camp. He ran their camp. Yes, and he had no help. I mean, he, I remember just like I I think his dad like helped him put up the hoops and stuff in the beginning. Yeah. Like, and I think he made seven thousand dollars. Oh yeah, he rented a one room out of a house. I'm not joking. He yeah. rented a bedroom out of a ranch. That's crazy. Well, my Danny lived at home. He lived with his parents. It was like yeah. in the basement of Jersey City. You know, it's like. Mm -hmm. But then, like we we ended up getting married in '97. Um, he started his job, and I learned very quickly what it was to be a coach's wife. I mean, I was I, I ended up transferring to Rutgers. Um, never never went never got to FIT, but um, kind of switched gears and went and transferred to Rutgers. And um, so I would be taking classes and I would be driving. We had an apartment right there in New Brunswick and I would drive there at night. It would be like nine, 10 at night. And his car would be the only one outside. And, you know, I would, and they'd have a little, like, um, like a little piece of wood in the door and I would go inside and be like, what the frick is this guy doing? He'd be in this little tiny room with like the black circles under his eye going through like hours of video. And, you know, he would just work so hard and yeah. I was like, and I, I learned quickly and, and he right away, like kind of cut my, you know, head off about like, he's doing something like, you know, like this is yeah. his job. Like, you know, I'm not like, 
like I had to learn real quick that his job was really his priority. And it, it's, it, you know, some people might be like, that's bullshit, but you know, everybody works differently. And that's how he, he did it. And he worked his ass off. He really did. He went, ended up going to Croatia, um, right before my son was born, right, right after my son was born actually, um, which is a whole other topic. And, you know, I, ha I knew I had to get this kid out by, you know, July, in the beginning of July, he was leaving for, and back then it was a whole month. So he did that. Um, we were there for a few years. Um, and then unfortunately the whole staff, um, got, uh, got let go. And then he went to St. Benedict's prep. And back then you're just like, wait, St. Benedict, isn't that like high school? Is that going backwards in life? But he was a head coach there and it was, you know, we, we were there for nine years and that became like our safe place, our like family. And it was our family. It was like, this was when, you know, I'm not going to even, there's stories about those kids that we would get phone calls from. I won't say who to say that, you know, from their families that they're itching, they're scratching, they're this, they're that. And here we are driving to Newark to, you know, boil underwear. Like, I mean, we literally did the craziest shit. Like, yeah. I mean, you were it there, you know, you were, yeah. you were, you were the dobo, you were the everything, you were everything, right. you were the parent. And mm -hmm. I mean, there were, I, I could tell stories from now until next week about. Well, and that's, you know, that's also um, a kudos to assistant coaches. I will say, yeah, we've all been there and Shit. they do they do work their asses off uh, and the thing they hide i know you guys hide a lot of shit yes. you do like and i would too yeah but, they they are you know they are definitely the glue that's keeping keeping everything going absolutely. and they have to deal with a lot of I, I, and i say this from personal experience i mean i remember derek being an assistant in memphis and yeah. I think he was more stressed out as an assistant coach as he is as a head, more yeah. than a head coach. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're working towards something and you're working to prove exactly. yourself. Right. And yeah. So, I mean, we were there for nine years. Um, he ended up in that time. He got a job offer, um, you know, um, a, a couple of job offers that he, he didn't take. It was just, it was just comfortable. Like I didn't mind living paycheck. To, it was like, it was our life. It was our norm. You know, it was like, it was comfortable, you know, it was around my family. Um, and then he ended up getting, um, the job offer, um, for Wagner. Um, so he, which was the hardest decision ever, but, um, he ended up going to Wagner at Staten Island. Um, was there for a couple of years, which another, we're so grateful, you know, for, Walt Hamline and, you know, all the Wagner, it's like they, they'll forever be part of your, you know, like just your Absolutely. story. Yeah. And yes. we were there for a couple of years. They, you know, they fought their way they worked their butts off. They got, they coached their butts off. And then he got the Rhode Island job, which was a like, like dream, you know, it's like, that's a whole other thing. So we ended up in Rhode Island, which I won't get into because, you know, that's a whole, you know, just relationships with schools and this and that, but well, another like, that's a whole, we could do, there's like so many branches of, you know, we could talk about, but, um, mm -hmm. that in and of itself was probably like a blessing that I will forever. I, I, every time, every week when I go to church, I thank God for that time we had at Rhode Island. I can cry now because it's just like, I'm just sensitive with the with the freaking season starting. And it was just something like, it was just a good, it was like, I'm like to raise my kids in Rhode Island. And it was yeah. just the people, the school, the, oh my God, like I can't thank God enough for it. And then to come here. So we did um, six years there and then now we're here and 
you know, it's just something that it's, it's a journey that it's not for the week. And, you know, I'm today starting the season. I, I have mixed emotions because this is not, I don't like the way I feel right now, but you know, you're in it to win it. So that's you my, are. and this is, this is raw footage of what it's like to be a coach's wife. Yeah. <laughs> this like, is it. I could, if you want to cast me for a soap opera right now and you need me to cry on command, I promise you, I would be so good at it. Like I could, like, it's just like I, you walk around and you have to keep it to yourself because you would never want to give, you know, to, to, to to push your bullshit on them during their season, you know? So it's like, well, you know, like buckle in now, because this is day one of the craziest roller coaster of your life. You know, I don't like it. I don't like it. I know. I don't like it. I know. I know, Derek, we talked this morning and we did the math again. And I'm like, this is how many years? And we went back to the the radio job at UMass. And it's it's less than 30, more than 25. We we didn't get the exact number right. But you know, we're we're in this for almost 30 years. Yeah. And that's a long time. And boy, are we grateful. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't, and your emotions don't dull down. You're still um, it, you don't get used to it. He doesn't, yeah. I don't think they get used to it. No, um, they don't. The, the anxiety. I, I mean, I, I'm excited that they're just having a normal season so far this year. Like it's starting normal. Yes. Let's hope I can't wait that way. Yeah. tonight. Yes. We get to go into our, to our places and see crowds and, you know, the people that make, make it magical and, you know, and what yeah. this is all about. And I'm going to try to take in, I'm a nervous person. I'm going to try to take in the good parts of it, you know, like the exciting parts of it, but it's still, it's a lot of work, but, yeah. but we're here to talk about it and we're going to, so, but okay. So our next guest, you want to talk about our next guest, our next guest, our, our first guest, Yep, which is um she is our first. We are so lucky to be chatting with Danielle Sargent, um, Musselman, head head coach's wife of Eric Musselman, University of Arkansas. Yes, she we're excited. is as lovely as lovely can be. So we can't Very wait. Nice. Yes, yes. Her. We didn't get too deep because we don't want to piss anybody off. So <laughs> we didn't really dig too deep, but she's lucky she got away with it. She did. But, um, and, and this is a work in progress. So and we are, we have some really, I mean, she was, her episode was amazing. Um, we have amazing ones to come. So tune in to Bala's wife and you will not be disappointed. How are you, Danielle? Thank you so much for joining us today. Being our first guest of the podcast. We're so excited. <laughs> No, I feel honored. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm going to tell you, um, Dan, um, Nicole and I, uh, our first, very first meeting, um, when we said we're going to do this, we said, okay, we have to come up with the best first guest. Like who can it be? And I, I, like, I always say, I, I'm really don't know too many. I don't get into the basketball world. It makes me very nervous. So when she said your name, I knew it. Like I knew it only because of your little peanut back a few years ago when I had to watch all the end of the, you know, the NCAA tournament, when you guys got, you know, so far and your little one was just a little, she was so funny. And I said, I know them. I'm like, they would be absolutely perfect. So thank you. I really, we really appreciate you doing this for us. So I just, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is 
definitely an honor. Um, I did a little background, you know, just so I had some good information to talk about. And I realized you and I have a lot in common. You're a Taurus <laughs> and you were also a communications major at Florida State. Is that right? Yes. Was that you? You were a communications major too? I, I was. Yes. At Love UMass. It. I actually oh, went awesome. to UMass. Yeah. That's yep. awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, my dream job was to be a sports anchor. And then, of course, I met Derek and <laughs> that all went to the wayside and, you know, very soon became a coach's wife. And it's hard. It's a hard balance. I, I guess I'm lucky I met my husband a little bit later in life because I feel like if I would have met him when I was like fresh out of college, there's no way I would have been able to kind of maintain that dream and go into that career path while he was also pursuing pursuing his career. So I actually met my husband when I was working as a sports anchor and he was out of work. So that worked for a while. And then eventually, I think whenever our daughter was about three is whenever I just got so tired of flying every, I was on a plane every single week and it was just complicated, you know, it was just real complicated. So we, we streamlined our life a little bit and I started staying at home. Although now I feel like I work more than I did before, <laughs> just not on TV. <laughs> it seems to happen that way, right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, it's funny because like a lot of us, um, we've talked about, you know, when you marry a coaches, when you're, when you marry a coach, um, you don't realize how like, like how grueling the job is. And it's, it's seven days a week during the year. And who I would love to know who could actually have a career, especially when you have kids, it's like, he's never going to be like, you're a single parent, you have to figure out things. And when you're first starting out, you really don't have the money the, the, to hire so many people for around the clock, nor do you want to, you want to be with your kids. So unfortunately, we always kind of had to, we never really fulfilled our dreams of doing something. I mean, at least you did. It's like, I never got to the point to even do it for a little bit of what I really wanted to do, which makes me a titch bit resentful, um, which is why I'm, you know, this podcast is so special to me because it's like, this makes me feel like at least I'm, I'm doing something to help someone. And, you know, there, it, it's not easy when you have someone that, you know, that you, a husband that's just never around. So I know that family is so important to you. And so you stopped doing that because it, it was, it was impossible, right? You couldn't yeah. it carry was on. Much. We had, we had a live-in nanny. We actually had to have a live-in nanny because Eric and I were just, both of us were out of town all the time. He was an assistant at Arizona state and it got to a point where I'm, we're like trying to figure out when we can even go out and have a date night and we were like well maybe in six weeks we can link up and I was like this is not you know this is not what a family is supposed to be about so I just had to make that decision and I am it, it was the right decision I've never regretted it one day speaking of family how do you like this is it's so important I mean you still have a little one um I know you're a bonus mom I love when you said bonus mom um for for your two boys and it's how do you incorporate family time into yours? Like, what do you guys do to make sure that you guys are, you know, connected during the season? Yeah. Well, for the most part, my husband gets home for dinner. Uh, now my daughter does competitive dance. So she's the one that's getting home later than everyone. Later. 
I'm like, how, how are you holding up dinner? We're eating at eight <laughs> o'clock at night because of the 11 year old, but it is what it is. Anyone with a kid in like sports and activities falls into that. But generally we do get to have dinner together. Um, my one stepson, the older one, he actually lives in Fayetteville. He works for my husband. So he is around and he, a lot of times he sees dad all day at the office. So he clearly doesn't want to come over and then have dinner with dad. Anymore, but we can get him over on the weekend sometime. The one we don't see is my 21 year old he is a sophomore at the university of san diego and he surfs too much to be bothered with his family and i'm not mad at that <laughs> i'm like okay i understand but whenever he graduates he wants to come here and be a grad assistant so eventually we'll get everyone in one place but really we try to have dinner together um on every night that we can and it's just a time where you know i have a no phones at the table rule you do oh that's good yeah the husband loves the phone. The daughter loves the yeah. phone. Loves the phone. But I try to have no phones at the table where we can actually, you know, look at each other and talk. Yes. That's nice. And Danielle, how? Just curiosity. How much do you guys actually talk about basketball when you're with family? Like, you know. I mean, it, it's hard it, not to, it's right? Hard not to, <laughs> especially since I mean, I'm I'm a sports person. I'm a fan too, and so it definitely takes over a large part of our lives. Um, for me and Eric, we generally get in bed by nine o'clock. Like that's our goal. That's what makes me happy. And we will watch a television show together. We're big into, you know, whatever's on Netflix or Apple TV or, and that's our date every night, you know, it's, and that's, that's really very important. important. Yeah. It's so important. And both of us are like, this is our favorite part of the day is getting in bed together and just getting to have that time together. And so sometimes we will not talk about basketball during that hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's so, so important. And I love that you hashtag um, GM of team Musselman. That is just so awesome because I do believe as, as the wives of coaches, you know, we do run the show for the most part. <laughs> and, but we do. I mean, and it yeah. just, what the, I was over at my husband's office. He just got new furniture and I was over there with like a decorator trying to help get that looking right. And, and then, you know, the day before I'm organizing something. It's just the, the job description. It, if they wrote our job description down, it would take up like two pages of paper. Yeah. Wait, what falls under our umbrella? Like I say, like he'll say, I have a job. That's your job. Like my job is to handle the house. The kids, like my umbrella is huge. Like I wish I could focus on one, one thing only. But with that, um, you know, you being a sports major like you, you in sports background like do you really how much do you get into the game as far as like looking ahead um like because this is what I don't do I don't do that when I go to the game I see who we're playing I don't know if they're good or bad like I don't want to know how much do you really know do you study the game do you know plays like like do you like let's say like when he comes home um do you would you dare say you should have ran this play you should have done this <laughs> no, I will not do that. I, I no, I'm not going to take it that far, but just as far as things that people are doing right and doing wrong, or um, just even, even like background knowledge of recruit um, games and other teams, I probably do look at it with a more, with a, with the basketball eye, as yeah. opposed to just like a fan eye, who's just watching and enjoying the games. I would say that. And then we don't sit around and watch, you know, NFL games, or we don't even sit around and watch full NBA games or anything like that, but we will sit around and watch 
college basketball games together yeah. during the season. So I'm, you know, I'm a scout, I guess, as well. Yeah. <laughs> Derek and I do the same. I watch a ton of college basketball myself. I can say I came into the coaching world, not really having a college basketball background, but now ha- finding myself feeling like I'm really well-versed. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just kind of inedible, inevitable and you get that competitive edge as well. And you want to know more and more. So yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I disagree. I do not want to, I'm not. <laughs> It's competitive. Being competitive makes me very nervous. Like I have I'm a very nervous nature. Like I don't, I don't like to be competitive about anything. Like, so I feel bad. How does that work? How does- <laughs> you know what? It, it, sometimes he says it works. Like, I think he says sometimes like I, I embarrass him over things, like, because I don't know enough. And this is what year 20, almost 25. Um, but I do it on purpose. It's not like I can't, you know, grasp the game. It's like, I get very nervous and there's the the less I know, the better I am. And, you know, I said, do you really want to come home and have me say something about maybe you should have done this instead of this. And, you know, and when he comes home, even if it's a bad game, like it tears down our whole house. I don't need me asking questions or adding to it, you know, and there's a lot of times at a season, if he comes in in a bad mood, sometimes I send him right back out the door yes. and I say, you're not bringing this home. We deal with this enough, yeah. then you can come back, but mm-hmm. it's not for me. Yeah. I respect that. I wish, I wish I could be more like that, but I, I will say, you know, my husband, it takes him 24 hours to get over a loss yeah. nine yeah. times out of 10, unless it's just like a heartbreaker, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or someone yeah. like hits a last second shot or something like sure. that. By the time I'm home, I'm like, it is what it is. It's a long season. We move forward. But do you hold on to that? Like, like I know there's, we don't, we like as far in my house, a loss goes um, until we win again. Like it's not 24 hours, shake it off. It is every day you come home. Like there's a death, um, you know, walk on eggshells, intense. Uh, and he's not like a mean person. It's just, it's just, there's, you get not very happy, mean, not happy and very quiet and it's just, you could, very, very, very stressful. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, you just know to stay away or to go near pretty much like sometimes he just wants you to be around when you don't want to be around. But there's times like I wake up and I'm so nervous. Like, did we really lose? Did we really lose the game? Yeah. And it may, like, it's a, I call it the furnace in your stomach. Like when the season starts, it's almost like a furnace is lit in your stomach at that nervousness of, Oh God, I hope we don't lose. Hope it lose. Okay. We didn't lose. Oh my God, we lost. And it goes on. And I, I do shed a few pounds during the season. <laughs> yes. Stress. So to, to that point, losing games, Danielle, do you, and I have found myself doing this and then not doing it. And then, you know, do you read social media after a loss? No, do you read it good, bad, or indifferent or not at all? No, I really don't because I mean, my husband has used social media um, as part of the program. So our family is really on social media a lot and it is what it is. We've chose to kind of put ourselves out that way. And, you know, that's how we sell out our arena and, you know, get the fans pumped up and everything like that. So on one hand, we are big users of social media, but after a loss, I don't even get on because it does. I, I mean, 
it is upsetting. Like it, sure. it bottom line, it's upsetting. And so I just, I, why get on and read that? So right. I just, right. I just don't because why put yourself through that? You know exactly. what I mean? Because it can be brutal. People yeah. say really crazy things. And I think Andrea and I, we were both in the Atlantic 10. Andrea, Danny was at Rhode Island. Um, Derek at UMass, big rivalry. We've already discussed it in our first podcast. And we had a lot of stories about fans to share. Um, some good, some bad. Do you have any um, stories about a particular fan experience? Well, the worst thing that happened, and, and it's so funny because it's sometimes you don't, you forget that it's a long season and we started off, I want to say maybe one and three in the SEC. And we had two bad losses. Like we lost by 30, both two games in a row. And this is last year where we ended up reaching the elite eight. But like at that point, it seemed like we were going to be like fired and out of here. And maybe oh, the yeah. job isn't for us, but sure. we were already feeling bad. And then in the midst of that, someone sent a letter to my house. And that's where I, I'm like, Oh, you know, no way. You know, I'm like, there is a line. I'm fine if you want to bash this on social media, but when you yeah. want to get my address and send a letter about how much we suck to my yeah. house, that's where I have a problem. Wow. It's, yeah. And it happens, right, Andrea? I mean, it, it's comforting to know that it doesn't, ju- it happens, I guess, to everybody, you know, and and those are the same fans. And let me tell you something, you can't, fans, you either love them or you don't, you know, and they could be, they could change. They're the reason why the place gets, is so great. And it also could be, they could also be so hurtful. So you love them and you have a hate, love, hate relationship with them. But it's like when they cross the line, they can't, you know, if you lose, but they're the same fans that love you to death when you do well. So yeah. And you just don't know. Sometimes you don't know. They're like secret fans that like they might be at your game cheering for you. And then they're the ones writing the notes. You writing know? The That's what I find yeah. really creepy. But it, it, the thing is, like, at the end of the day, you know, it's like there were people, you know, he's a person regardless of this job. And I'm a mom and I have an 11 year old that lives in my house and, you know, invading our family home is that's just not going to work for me and if you listen to our first podcast Andrea and I talked about that you know that that's kind of one of the inspirations for this podcast is to let be supportive for women that's general our general purpose but also let people know we're real people we have a lot of real life issues that we're dealing with and you know can be a lot just give us a little grace once in a while just once in a while yeah (laughs) And not only that, but I mean, you could go after, I, I don't, I don't read it either. Like I don't, not a big Twitter person or, um, but you can go after my husband. He gets paid for the job is how I feel, but don't go after our players because they they're doing, they don't want to do bad. Like they're trying their best out there. Like it just, sometimes it doesn't, it's a sport. It doesn't work. So what is your relationship with your players on the team? Um, I mean, I feel like I, like I am their bonus mom too. I mean, it, it's really funny because in the past, when we were at the university of Nevada, we didn't have a lot of freshmen. We had a lot of grad transfers. So it was an older team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we come here and we had a class of four freshmen and it was funny. Cause I remember everyone was at our house for, you know, barbecue or something like that. And most people leave and the four freshmen were there for like four more hours, like swimming oh, yeah. and then like hey, are we going to like make s'mores now? And let's do this. It was, and it was so funny because 
And I'm like, it's so different having freshmen. So the way that I, I look at it, um, we love having them over. We really want them to be part of our family and their families to be part of our family. That's, um, that's kind of how we are as a university, not just the men's basketball team, but they all have my phone number. All of the parents have their phone number, have, have my phone number. And it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some who are going to call you every week. And then there's going to be some who you don't hear from for the whole season, but three years. Yeah. I just want everyone to kind of have their comfortability level um, and know that I'm here. My 21 year old that's at university of San Diego he was at his grandma's house. My grand, my mother-in-law also lives in La Jolla. He was there like every weekend whenever he first went to school. So I kind of want our house to be like that for these kids. Like we're like grandma's house. If you want to come get a meal, you know, have a home cooked dinner, then come over. If you don't want to, that's fine too. Exactly. And I have a 13 year old son, Max, and Andrea has two boys as well. So I always say, you know, someday Max is going to go away to college and what a bonus if he has this family that he can trust, go home to be fed, you know, especially when they're far away. A lot of these players travel from far away and they right. can't go home ever, you know? So exactly. yeah, I think that's lovely. So great. And they're babies. We have to remember yeah. they're babies. Like they come to school and let me tell you something, they have some workload between practice and classes and they're here the whole summer. I mean, they don't go home, they're children and they need to know that, you know, they're being watched, they're taken care of. And there is a, like, you know, somebody out there that's really cares about them. And you'd be surprised. I've talked to a lot of other um, coaches, wives that they don't know their, 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 their team until they sit at the first game and open. I thought it was a lot of people do this, but from what I hear, it's not. And I just don't think that that's a way that a successful program runs. You know, it's like you yeah. have to have a relationship. Yeah. Everyone, people are different. It's funny that you said that because I was the same way. And then one of our players that we have now, um, his mom said, we didn't know the former coach's wife. We never met her in three years of being there. And oh, I mean, for us, yeah. I'm part of the recruiting process, you know, so I would, you know, I, I meet all these parents all the time. So that seems like something so crazy, but I mean, everyone has their own way that they go about things. I guess so. Yes. yes. So should, moving along, we, we have so much to talk about. We could probably talk to you for two hours, um, <laughs> but fitness. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about fitness. I, I read a lot. You are very into fitness. I just started Orange Theory. I don't yes. know that. I love orange theory. Yeah. I love it. It's like fulfilling all of my needs right now for exercise. So talk to yeah. us about fitness. It's just, I'm, I come from like a family that's really big into fitness. I remember being like a jazzercise with my mom when I was 12, 13 years old. So it's just always been part of my life. And then I mean, now I honestly, I feel like it's just stress relief. And I mean, we, as women, you constantly do so much for other people, like on a daily basis, it's just, it's never ending. And so for me, just making sure that I get an hour that I give to myself, it really, it makes me a happier person and it makes me a better person. Like this week, I haven't gotten to work out as much as I like to. And I was kind of complaining to my husband about it this morning. Um, but so I, I just love it. It's my stress relief, but being a broadcaster, I'm not afraid to, you know, get up and talk in front of people. And when we lived in Reno, I, um, I started being a spin instructor. 
and in my mind, yeah, they were, I like belonged to this gym and they um, were looking for teachers. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I can take classes for free. You get a discount at Lululemon. Why not? I'll start with like one class a week. And then I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, so it really became like part of my life for four years. I don't do that anymore. Now I've moved on to the Peloton and yeah. burn boot camp and all these other things, but it's just, um, it's my stress relief and it's my me time. Yeah, that's good. Speaking of part of your life, um, charitable work, uh, Nicole and I, we actually met through American Cancer Society and kind of like we did it together through our university. And I know you're huge on that. So can you talk to us how you got involved with that and your gala that you just had and, you know, what that means to you, just the plat you're using the platform that you have right now to really like make it work and branch out, which is all we want to do. So talk to us about that. Well, it's funny because I never like grew up or did charity work in college. I wish I could say that I did. It never really crossed my mind too much. And then um, when we moved to uh, Reno, when Eric got that head job, the community started asking me, you know, hey, will you MC this event? Um, And then just so slowly, I just, it kind of spiraled and I just started getting involved in more and more things. And um, I was at the Nike retreat and Margaret McCaffrey, whose husband is the head coach of uh, University of Iowa, she is heavily involved with American Cancer Society. And she was asked me, she was like, hey, the coaches versus cancer wives team is looking for someone to be the co-chair. And we want someone who's not afraid to, you know, speak out and has ideas. And I, I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> and she, I'll she just add something after. else. Yeah. yeah. She emailed after and said, you can say no. And I said, no, you know what? I want to do this. And so that's how I really got involved. And I think, gosh, that was uh, like six years ago, maybe. So I maybe not that, I don't know, four or five years ago. Um, and so I just started getting involved there and I was part of Suits and Sneakers Galas there. I did a pink out game and raised a bunch of money. So whenever I came here, there really wasn't much of an American Cancer Society presence in Northwest Arkansas. And so our regional um, person came and met with me and she said, you know what, what do you think about doing a gala? And at first I was like, uh, no yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> They're really hard. You know? Yeah. Well, it's they, hard to get people to commit to those types of things. I, we I, know, Andrea, you and I know from experience trying to, it's, yeah. It's hard to do, but um, they said, you know what, we'll hire a staff person to work with you. And so I just went all in and I have, I'm not an event planner or anything like that, but I like had a vision of what I wanted it to be. And I really wanted it to be fun, et cetera, et cetera. I put together a great committee and we raised over $300,000 on Friday. I know I'm, I like tear up every time I think about it. It was a huge success. Yeah. Yeah. This, we had to be at like, lower capacity because of COVID and something people didn't know anything about and everyone had so much fun. So I think it will really grow. And um, I hope it's something that can like live on long after me. Yeah, absolutely. Because cancer definitely touches everyone's life. Exactly. Exactly. My mom is a breast cancer survivor. um, And so that's just where my passion and personal connection to the American Cancer Society kind of came into the equation. Wow. That's wonderful. 
inspiration, you know, when you hear other people, it's like, what we do is like, you know, this whole podcast is about, um, like inspiring each other. And when you hear somebody else, it's like, it's like doing a copycat thing. Like I, you know, kind of like, I want to do what she, I want to do what she's doing. I would do, and I want to do, you want to, you want to pick up things that other people, it kind of gives you a push to be better at what you are, because sometimes you get stuck of just being a coach's wife. That's not enough. Sometimes. I mean, you have a platform, use it. So Thank you. That's like, it really gives you a push to really go You keep, in your head. I want to do something. You never actually do it until you hear, you know what? It's time, time yeah. to go out and get it done. And, and I think start somewhere, like you don't have to all of a sudden say, Hey, I want to throw a gala for 300 yeah. people. You right. know, this was, this seed was planted in our first season. I did a watch party at my house and there was 80 people here and we raised like $25,000. And I was you know, I was ecstatic with just doing that. I thought that was amazing. That is. Um, but you do, you know, you just start something and then you can build on it from there. Right. I mean, and, and again, the, the, it goes back to our original inspiration for this podcast. It would be really nice to have more of a national group of coaches wives that could all come together and start really supporting each other and getting to know each other. We, we, we are, are all here doing the same things, but doing them different. And so nice that we can meet you and now have all these bigger ideas and it doesn't have to be so, um, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Right. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on being our first coach's wife. It was, we couldn't have had a better, a better first coach's wife. Let me tell you something. I want to thank you for everything that you do. And, you know, hopefully we'll, you're going to inspire a lot of people to go out and just, you know, and, and you also pick up little things, you know, like, yes, some people don't know, you know, just having TV time that that can save a marriage, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, it can. it's like, yeah, it's like one TV show a week can save your marriage together. It's like, it's crazy how the little things in life really make a difference. So yeah. thank you for everything. You did. Oh my gosh. Thank we're you. going to ask you one last question. Yes. Um, we're going to ask this to every guest. So um, name one thing you will never sacrifice while being a coach's wife. Oh, my girl's trips. Oh, <laughs> you are when are we going yeah I'm saying I talk to people and they're like oh I've never gone on a girl's trip I'm like I go every year sometimes twice a year um you were also often we're moving and you meet new people but like nothing is like your your group of girls that you've like always known or that you you know that you used to be friends with and you don't get to see anymore or new people that you meet and so I really do that every year and it is, it just gives me a chance to refresh and not talk about basketball and not be a coach's wife and yep. wear my sweats. If I want to wear my sweats, I don't have to be <laughs> or any of that stuff. So don't ever sacrifice that. That's amazing. Great answer. Well, we wish you all the best health success to your program. And thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Nice to meet you girls. I hope I can maybe meet you in person. I maybe hope so. Or something we'll have to plan. 